Let's wait for a couple more people to get in and we'll start getting going on this. Also, um, these will be recorded and sent out hopefully by the end of the day. <laughs> Sweet. All right, today we're gonna go over some traffic sources, right? Um, kind of we'll reach, we'll go over like what we have right now in terms of the marketplaces, um, other ways to generate revenue in terms of other traffic ways. Um, also like how, um, depending on your business, how I personally would set it up, right? In terms of other traffic sources. Um, like localize other other ways to get rid of stuff and also maybe even um, how you guys are structuring your downstream so how you guys are discounting as well super super important sweet let's get started um sweet, sweet. okay awesome So a lot of these, um, a lot of people we're seeing right now um, only focus on eBay, right? Um, so what we're seeing with eBay is a lot of other platforms are coming in um, and get and generating a lot more revenue. Um, still, they're not as big as eBay. eBay is still a multi-billion dollar. I think they're at 10 to 11 billion right now in terms of total revenue. So if you're not on eBay, I would highly suggest eBay. We have people that are just on Poshmark, just on Macari, um, just those ways. Highly suggesting on eBay as well, also Amazon. So if you see the biggest platforms just in general, um, Amazon's number one with 250 billion, I believe, um, just in, on the platform alone each year. Uh, eBay's at about 10 billion, I believe. Maybe it's even six to 10 billion in that range um, as well. Poshmark has done about a billion in the last four years. So they're relatively small compared to these other big platforms. Macari's come up as well. Um, really small. All that numbers are hidden. Same with Offer Up. Um, another hidden. They're probably about a billion. They're worth their their the capital that they've raised is worth about a billion dollars. So I'm guessing they're probably in that 500 to a billion dollar range in terms of total sales. So there's a lot of big chunk of pie, right? Um, I highly recommend um, two things. One, if you're doing electronics or um, electronics are probably the easiest way or um, hard goods, non-clothing items. I'll go over clothing items as well. Um, what I would do is I would check, um, I would double check what's eBay and Amazon, make sure the Amazon price is actually um, a good way to go to. So what we've seen in the past um, on these traffic sources is like, let's say Amazon's this big, this big pie right here. You actually can make a right in this little street right here. Yeah. Do what the truck's doing. And it'll take us behind the school. All right, cool. Um, so like these big traffic stores like Amazon have a lot of power, right? Um, I think getting some feedback. All right, cool. Um, so what I would do is like, if you guys are only selling eBay, I would um, double check the brand and model on Amazon before you even do listing, right? This doesn't, this does affect like what, like our personal revenue, right? So this is more or less a tactic and it's, it's, it's good what I would do just in general. So with this eBay, um, we're seeing is a lot of, especially the used items, the majority of people we work with sell used items. Um, on Amazon, used is going about 70% of retail. Um, eBay is going about 30% of retail, right? So there's a big arbitrage here in general in terms of used products. We were seeing that on my past company that uh, used products still generate a lot of money for this. Um, I would say, okay, if, if I was doing this, I would say this big traffic source here, um, I would try to make sure at least my products are listed on here across listed, whatever it may be onto Amazon. 
this is going to generate that plus in revenue that 70%. So you're literally making 40% more revenue just for being on Amazon on this side. So obviously Amazon is the biggest traffic source. I would even say I would run through everything on Amazon first and then go down traffic sources, right? Go downstream and try to collect those other traffic sources as much as possible. Um, so what I would be doing, if I ran a like liquidation company or liquidation eBay store, I'll be checking those products on Amazon. Make sure you don't get flagged on Amazon. That's the only kicker. Um, selling them on eBay, um, a car would be my third one um, I'd go with. And then I would be going after local as well. Local is kind of like a hidden ground game that like, like no one's even paying attention about, especially, especially, especially if you have a warehouse or some location, like a hard physical location. Um, the simple cross list, you can then generate at least more sales, right? And I would only take cash for obvious reasons, right? If you're going to be doing this, I would only take cash on your localized stuff. Um, so I'd be running these three, this would be liquidation, um, on this section. And then on the, like those, the shipped shipping side on this non shipping side, I would be running Facebook marketplace and offer up, right? Facebook marketplace and offer up. Um, these are generating a lot of traffic right now for two reasons, right? When people get into your store, they're going to be picking through a lot more stuff. I'm um, going to get more sales. So people just don't really come for the one sale. We're seeing this often with like people that do shoes as well um, for Facebook offer, um, offer up and Facebook marketplace. And I would have everybody come to you. You don't want to be driving out and meeting people. Sure. There might be a, um, an extra value on that where people will pay a little more. I, you don't want to do that just in general, right? Cause your time is the most valuable asset. Don't let people have people come to you. Um, and on these offer up in Facebook center is no, um, there's no percentage base. Like eBay's taking a fee or offer up taking a fee. I would drop that price by a certain percentage base. So let's say I'd probably drop all these Facebook and offer up by 15%. So people have an incentive to drive to you. So they save 15%, right? You on the back end are saving 15% because you're not getting any processing fees of 3% and you're not getting any eBay, Amazon or Macari fees of 10 to 20%, right? So this is how I would run my ground game as well. So you can have two traffic sources coming in. Obviously that's why crosshousing is uh, valuable as well. It's because the multiple traffic sources you have, the more money is going to be driven up, right? So the, the base like concept behind that is um, like traffic equals sales, right? This is why Amazon's the powerhouse is because they have all the traffic in the world. They're 50% plus of e-commerce. So they have so much traffic in general. That's why the sales are so much higher in Amazon. What was that? It's because people don't, um, people don't get off Amazon in general. That's why a lot of people are on Amazon. That's why the traffic is so much greater. That's why we have more sales too. We're doing kind of an experiment. Um, I was kind of checking out this yesterday. Um, there's a product that we're looking like always oh, on a massive liquidation that our, one of our team is running through. And the difference between eBay and Amazon is this on eBay, that product was selling that sold about 10 units a month, right? On Amazon, it sold, uh, I think it was 1200 units a month. That's the difference in traffic guys. Also like look at on these platforms, look at what's selling best on these platforms. Obviously like, let's say Etsy, right? Etsy, the best thing that's selling is handmade goods. Give me the best. Maybe it's like jewelry, stuff like that. There's really well on Etsy. See what works and see what people are coming to that source. And then you can then adjust accordingly. Right. Um, so the biggest thing is traffic's going to eat sales every time of the day. Yeah. It's, this is like the main thing. The more traffic you have to your products, the better you're going to be and the more money you can make as well. And that's why I like the ground game. Um, especially no one, not many resellers are working on that ground game in general. 
Um, that's why it's kind of um, super, super useful. And you can liquidate a lot of products during the ground game too. When you do that liquidation or when you're dropping prices across the board, um, people are going to start buying um, from your, your localized sites or your localized postings a lot more when the cheap prices get cheaper, right? Um, also, we see um, what's happening in a lot of these sites. So everybody's selling commodity as well, right? Um, almost, unless you have some like specialized products or something that's, that's very, very rare, um, like let's say, uh, unless you're selling rare products, like you guys should have the lowest price. Like that's kind of the common misconception on all these, on all these, um, on all these platforms just in general is like, I'm going to have high prices, right? Or I'm going to wait till I'm selling. Um, the numbers are dramatically not in your favor. If you're waiting for the highest price, you kind of see, uh, and, and also you get less traffic too. So when people are going into these sites, they're going to, their people are holding product. You want to liquidate the product. 20% margin flipped over and over and over again. Each month is more money than if you sell one product at a hundred percent margin um, across the board. That is going to be different. That's on commodity goods, right? So I think of all, all, everything in a resale is either broken down to two things, like rare, I would say rare. <clears throat> rare as in like stuff that people cannot find easily or it's too high priced or there's nothing on the market where you control the market. So me personally, like I sell a few things that are very rare, right? I only focus on rare items because they're a lot easier to sell in general. And then you have the basic commodities, right? These are um, your liquidation, your most thrift goods are going to be that way. You might find some rare stuff in the thrift goods all this way. So with the rare, you can, you can command a high price, right? Because demand, you have a lot of demand, no supply or very limited supply. So like, right, kind of examples like this thing right here, right? Like this big this big wire. So this is a big transparent wire. Um, this thing brand new was about 50,000, right? Um, I moved it for about 12,000 yesterday. Um, obviously the price goes down once, once uh, they get become used, but since no one else has these on these markets, I can control the price and I kind of dictate what the price is going to be. So either people are going with me, going with me. That's why I can command a higher value than mo than anybody else on the market. Right. One, because they're cheaper than if you're selling used items. It's going to be cheaper than, um, the new items. You can command a higher value. if They're rare commodities on their hand. <clears throat> You want, you want to be able to drive as much traffic to those commodity sources as much as possible. Clothing is a commodity. Most liquidated items, if not all liquidated items, are commodities. Commodities are stuff that anybody else can buy out of the market. This is, this is very, very, very important because um, you want to be able to turn your money, right? Get your money in, get your money out as fast as possible, and you can then scale up, right? Holding, you don't do anything with holding product. Um, so what a common way to do this might be is to do like a, a medium price range up front and then discount by a certain percentage if that's 10% a month, right? 10% a month for three months, three months, it's hard to write in this thing. Um, and then I would run an auction on the back end or get rid of it through um, a localized location. So what people are doing on local, um, obviously a lot of people know this in general because you guys might've done it as well, is they're going to Facebook and offer up and looking for deals, right? If you found a product that's not moving on eBay or any other platform, liquidate it, discount it, get it out the door, maybe make some money or keep your money locally. People resellers um um i kind of i kind of like resellers like ants right so we go to the juiciest pie at all times right like so if you can if you can flag that out with people and make sure that's like okay here's 
here's some margin that, that people might perceive that's there. Um, and then you can at least recoup some cash. But I would run either um, three month um, uh, negative at least 10% each month. And I would price to move quick. You see this directly on Amazon. If you guys are an Amazon seller in general, like the buy box controls 95% of sales, 5%, 5 to 10% goes to used items, right? So why, like, why is the dis, like, if, since I'm, I'm an, I'm an eBay seller, I'm an Amazon seller, right? So like, why is on, on, on Amazon, people are trying to fight for the buy box, which is normally the lowest price when eBay is the exact opposite. People are trying to high, have a high price. It's like, oh, I don't want to race to the bottom. I don't want to hear, I don't want to race to the bottom all the time. Right. But you want to get your products moved, right? So if you have the best looking product and the cheapest product, it's going to sell every time. And there's actually demand for that product, right? Like um, no one's going to hold the products each time. This kind of goes against like what most people say, but this is the correct answer just in general. Um, the more, the faster you can move your products is going to be the best. And again, price competitively every time, every time. That's what this is. This, this is what's going to give you all the sales. Um, unless it's something like you can do some different ways to kind of different yourself, like doing, um, like a lot, let's say, let's say you're doing, you have like multiple products that go all together. That's one way to make the price a little bit higher. You see this with a few people. Um, there's a guy that does this with GoPros. I think his name is Prince. I believe he's one of, uh, David, if I'm Chris's friends, um, what he does is what well, he did, especially back in the day as well, is he would take an item and then bundle it with other items to increase the profit. So you'd probably break even, if not make a little bit of money on the GoPro, but where he's making his money is on the accessories that he bundles with. So what he's doing, you can kind of take this concept as well. So what he's doing is he's differentiating his, so like if, if everything's a commodity, right? The thought process is everything is a commodity, unless it's very rare. Um, what he's doing is he's making a new category, right? So he's bundling everything together, then he's basically in a new category or a new product listing. Think about it on Amazon, you have like, so the difference between um, eBay and Amazon is eBay, there's no, um, there's no one SKU, there's no one NSQ, right? Or one um, uh, SKU, there's multiple of the same product and just different listings. This causes a product problem on the, on the eBay side as well. But um, one way to fight this is again, have that lot or that differentiating factor that's going to make you stand out that somebody's going to buy, right? If I want something, if I want a GoPro and I don't, I don't want to buy a single GoPro and buy the rest of the stuff around it, I want to buy a lot, right? So this puts you in a different bracket compared to an everyday eBay that's going to put um, um, a GoPro on there and try to sell it for a medium price range. Again, why is me going to buy it for medium price range when the lowest price controls the majority of sales? That's, that's kind of the thought process, right? So if you can bundle it and make yourself differentiate um, other than your competitors, that's how you kind of beat the commodity game in general. Also, there's more margin made. So what he's doing, again, let's say the GoPro is $100. He's selling the packet for $200. The margin is coming from the 20 different products, which he's spending um, $30 on, $35 on. So he's still making $65 profit at the end of the day. Um, and he's selling it for 200 bucks and it still moves very fast because the, the velocity of this, um, uh, product still moves very quickly. Also when you're buying things, um, kind of like when I, when I was doing it back in the day, one thing you don't see very often, especially in the commodity game is you need to look at the sold versus, um, active, right? So this kind of like, um, kind of a, um, big relatively beginner topic, but it's still super helpful. You see this on Amazon with the keep a graph. You can see how many sales are there or with jungle scout. Again, 
how Amazon and eBay are run differently or Amazon and any other platform are run differently is Amazon has one um, ASIN, right? So one SKU. eBay has multiple SKUs, right? Um, under one brand or model, you guys could say. So best way to see that is take the active listings and divide that by solds. Divide that by solds. That's gonna get you exactly like um, how fast things are moving and solds are based in three month periods. So if you really want to get a month to month, you divide this by three, the sold by three, um, and you're going to actually get like how many items are selling out of it. Right? So you want to have more solds and actives. That means there's a lot faster selling clothing. You're going to see the exact opposite every time, right? Uh, majority of times at least you find something rare, right? That's why, again, this is a commod clothing is definitely the more of the commodity game. Um, you see this directly by the amount of active listings compared to the sold listings. If you look at like a men's t-shirt or a men's um, button down, there is so many more active listings than there is sold listings. So how do you differentiate yourself? Lowest price, there's only a few ways. Lowest price or try to bundle with other things to try to make a better sale or better experience in that way. That's gonna get you more traffic. Again, on, on Amazon, think about Amazon. 90 to 95% of Amazon traffic goes to the buy box. It's the lowest price item. That's how it's set up. That's how it's always going to be with commodity items. There's other commodity items. Cool. And if you really want to differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself on this, um, you need to be able to source differently as well. Like, like kind of like that's going to be the only way to really do something completely different or think outside the box. Um, anything um, after sourcing, so kind of the block. Anything after sourcing, so sourcing is pretty, um, pretty versatile. Anything after sourcing is pretty regular, right? You can kind of um, optimize as best as possible, obviously using like hammock or any other like um, platforms to kind of um, speed that process up. It's a great way to optimize, but relatively everything other than sourcing is going to be very static. It's very, very hard to change. Everybody's doing the same processes. So really differentiate yourself is do something in the listing process. It's about anything else. But other than that, it's just focusing on sourcing. That's why we kind of like preach, like get your whole back end, um, like figured out either hire or um, automate as fast as you possibly can on the back end. Um, so you can focus on your traffic sources and, um, or your, your, your product sources just in general. That's the only way to differentiate yourself in a marketplace is to find better goods, find cheaper goods. Um, there's kind of two ways to think about this. Um, so on like the sourcing, like traffic side, Either you can find better goods, right? Is equals there's more demand, less supply, right? Or you have to be the cheapest. Uh, you have to find the cheapest product. And then you can be the cheapest in general. Um, these are the only two ways to kind of differentiate yourself on that sourcing side, which is um, uh, should be kind of helpful, I hope, on that side. So that's why we kind of, again, preach. This is kind of what changed my business in general is I found a different way to source. Thus, I could scale exponentially until you hit, until you hit like the soft, the soft cap, right? Um, yeah. Kind of thinking about that with other, with other, um, other stuff as well. Sort of, you see like kind of the, what I run right now, you can, you can copy these models guys. I don't care. It's fine. So the two ways I have like two side hustles right now, obviously LaCroix is all automatic. So buying off eBay, selling on Amazon and also, um, with, with easenow.com, which is in a, like a, a high end consignment. Um, so with, uh, these both go into this section. So, um, like the better product just in general would be the consignment model, right? So I go to these high-end um, uh, estates or um, uh, trusts reach out to me um, and say, hey, can you sell this, right? So like this came, this thing, like this big thing that's on the freaking lap, this thing and uh, about $300,000 worth of electronics came from a, a trust company. 
best way to get better sourcing is to kind of look outside the box. And I only deal with high end stuff. The higher end you go, um, <clears throat> the less products me out there, obviously supply and demand on that side. Or you can focus on the cheap side. That's what we did with um, uh, LaCroix or what I did with eBay and Amazon Arbitrage. Basically, we were buying things on the secondary market so cheap, undervalued, that we can then be the cheapest price, right? So kind of like, hopefully these two concepts will, will help you guys build out your sourcing model and like how you want to streamline that traffic as well. Um, but so with this LaCroix thing, so let's say everybody was buying wholesale, let's say at $100. Um, that was the cheapest anybody can buy because there's like wholesalers that want a margin. There's the retailers that want a margin, but we're coming in buying on the secondary market at $50, right? Um, thus we still have like a massive spread, right? Um, Amazon on our prices, Amazon still can't compete with us because we're buying it so much underpriced um, because we're buying it on the secondary, like the secondary gray market, I guess you could say. There's like the retail market and then there's the secondary, anything secondary is pretty much a gray market. How we're doing this and then we were became the cheapest product right um that's how you could scale exponentially so either you need to find a traffic source to have better product higher end product mostly better product would be like more expensive product that you kind of differentiate yourself on that way or again it's find that cheap product that no one can compete with you um and you can even find like get your product cost down as well right Again, this could be um, like automating the back end as best as possible. And then um, best way to do this is kind of see each um, each cost, right? So even if you're if you're competing on a commodity base, um, see how you can cut costs as much as possible, right? Um, and that could be like, so your time has a higher cost value. If you look at it just in general, because you can be focused on the harder parts than anybody else's time. So think about that as well. Don't take the one problem you see with resellers in general is they're saying, oh, okay, like I'm going to save a hundred dollars if I do like a repair myself, or if I'm going to, I'm going to clean all these shoes. A good one. I used to this. I used to this as well. It's like, I'm going to clean all these shoes myself. Um, it's going to take me five hours to clean 50 shoes or whatever X that amount would be. I'm going to be saving money, but realistically the better model would that be is to have somebody else do it and calculate the cost. Right? So you have like listing, you have like list, let's say you're doing listing um, and cross listing. So you already know those cost bases, right? Um, and then you have, let's say you're cleaning shoes and then you're doing shipping, right? Try to see how much this costs you on each one. A great way to do this is to actually um, put a number on it, right? So pay somebody based on that number. You can then manage your numbers a lot easier, right? So a good way to do this is say, okay, um, let's say dollar 45, right? Uh, cross 45. Uh, cleaning two dollars, um, shipping two bucks, right? Whatever it may be. A great way to do this is to be able to minimize costs as much as possible. That could be instead of having actually, let's go to this. Let's say you were cleaning your shoes at, let's say you're you're calculating your time about five bucks a shoe. How to decrease that is find somebody else to do it at scale because they're doing multiple. See what people can do that are doing a lot, right? that are focusing on one thing. This would be a shoe cleaner. Shoe cleaners will do it for about um, two bucks a shoe if you guys want to do that. Um, so you can decrease your cost by $3. A good way to kind of beat the commodity game is just to scale. Hit a, hit a certain point with scale where your costs start decrease, decreasing um, over time, right? Or your costs are increasing. That's one way to beat the commodity game. Um, also just focus on finding cheaper sources of product 
is going to be a great way or bulk product too, right? Um, like also if you guys are running, we kind of see this, there's kind of two ways people are doing majority of this eBay stuff. They're running a, um, either like a liquidation or they're buying bulk upfront. Usually it's liquidation, which people are doing. So they're doing a liquidation or there's like a thrifting mall, thrifting slash garage selling mall. There's really nothing that we're seeing, um, that does anything different. So these are the two main ones we're seeing. Um, what I would do personally, if um, liquidation is great to have a product flow, is I would say you want to try to maximize this. So you want to have something that's automated. I would try to automate liquidation as much as possible, right? And then um, a good way to do this is then try to find, um, have you, so like if this was me, let's say I was starting brand new, had some like knowledge on the back end, I would try to automate liquidation, like a full liquidation just in general, see every step that can be done by somebody else. I can then step back out of it. A good way to do this, like to step back out of something like this is just say, okay, this needs to be done, delegate this task and then take a step back, right? When you delegate tasks, they are not going to be done to what your specs are going to be. You have to know that upfront. If you hand something off to um, a staff member or whatever it may be, they're not going to be perfect. It's going to be 80% if you find a good staff member at that. Um, bad staff, you're looking at like 40 to 50%. That's still better than having you do it in general. You want to shoot for that 80% is probably the best way to do it. Um, make sure they know like, okay, this is the best way to do it, but then you got to give them that leeway to then push forward. If you're, if you're micromanaging is never going to work, right? You see, it's like, I was doing this with my staff when we had my staff doing listing back in the day, like I would try to micromanage, um, and it became more of a headache than that, than it was anything else. Step, take a step back, take a deep breath and just try to automate each part as best as possible. Get out of the day-to-day -day grind um sure you're gonna make less money in terms of like actual dollar amount let's say let's say if you did everything you're gonna make 40 percent margin right but if you hired everything out you're gonna make 20 percent margin i rather make 20 percent margin and do nothing than make 40 percent margin and do everything right and this does not scale this does not scale this scales, right? Once you build these processes in place and you understand that 80% is gonna get done good, um, then you can say, okay, 20% is gonna be okay, whatever it may be, but at least I'm making 20% of my money. And then you can focus on working on the parts and pieces inside of that as well. If you if you start trying to jump in and start being like, we see this a lot in like the solo entrepreneurship space, it's big time and it's, it's, it's like, it's not very good either, right? Um, it's a, it's a bad, it's a bad thought process to do, especially in business. Cause you're going to get destroyed by people like me that want to come in and just scale. Um, cause you're playing a commodity game guys, you're playing commodity game. You got to understand that. Um, so on this side, so I'd say focus on that building stuff out and then on the thrifting model, if you want those, if you want to make more money in terms of like a dollar amount, have this built out and then go thrifting, try to find these like estates or these, um, other, other ways to get high end products, make a bunch of money. And then I would focus on thrift because if you can build this thing out correctly, it can be scaled out. It's going to be customizable or not customizable. It's going to be consistent cash flow. Even at that 20%, you can then find a um, $100,000 flip. Like getting $100,000 flip from estates and downsizing companies are, isn't, isn't very, um, isn't out of the blue, right? It's very doable. Um, so that's what I would be focusing on that side. Cool. Got a few minutes left. Probably push this about 10, 940, 9.45. Um, any questions we can go over, guys? Like this is this is the a great way to hopefully answer any questions. It's gonna be the best way possible. And I muted everybody. Unmute yourself if uh, if you are muted. Cool. Hey, how you doing? What up, Phil? Um, 
I got into a couple of big, well, I think it's what you're describing. Um, I, I did an office clearance about four weeks ago. Nice. A guy said to me, this is all going to get skipped, you know, trashed um, by the builders when they come in, which is actually this Friday. Mm-hmm. Desks, solid oak fire doors, kitchens, bathrooms, and, and I've, I've almost sold the lot. Nice. Uh, on a on a forty sixty consignment basis percentage consignment basis in my favor, perfect. Uh, and it's it was all cash. Good work, man. Good work. But, but, well, yeah. And then what happened is last week, n- totally unconnected, totally unconnected. I get a message from another guy who knows me, who has this business, and he's gone virtual. So mm-hmm. all his office furniture. Everything apart from technology, I've got everything from coffee warmers to, you know, silverware, plates, chairs, you know, stacks of chairs, uh, couches, tables, everything. I, I pick those up next Tuesday. Um, they're probably worth, in dollar terms, $10,000. I paid $1,800. Nice. So that's what I'm talking about with like that front end, right? You can, you make yeah. money on the sourcing side every time. Yeah. A friend of mine who's in retail says in retail, you know, big box stores, they make the money when they buy. Yep. Yeah. It's the same for us resellers, right? Or like when you find the correct product and you build out that deal where you're going to get a consignment base, right? Consignment yeah, works yeah. really good on like high, like if you're going to make a lot of cash, like consignment works really well on that side. So good work, Phil. Yeah, no, thank you. I've, I've got to shoot off because I go, I go trail running on Tuesdays. So, sounds um, good. All right, take Have care. Day, Thanks. You too. Cheers. Cool. So on that side, like what Phil just talked about, is he's 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 been trying to focus on automating that back end um, process that he has, right? So he's obviously using like us as well as he has some uh, helper that does like the shipping and all the other stuff that's freed up enough time for him to start working on that. So he's actually doing what I'm talking about up top with that liquidation. He has like his, his guy come in, give him the product. Right. And then he starts building out that processes. He tested as well. Um, then does list takes the photos. We obviously do the listings and he does the shipping on that back end. Um, once he's freed up enough time, you can then focus on the bigger, the bigger fish, right? This pays your bills. This maybe gives you a little cash in the pocket, whatever it may be, but you need to like the, big things are going to be different. Like what he just did was he differentiated himself in the marketplace, right? He found stuff that was off market. Um, that's why like the thrifting and garage sale, I would say thrift, not as much cause it's, it's in market, but like garage sale, that's why you can get like big five, $600 flips relatively. It's, it's not out of the blue, right? When you get that massive flip, right? It's cause he differentiated himself on that, found those big liquidations that are off market basically would differentiate be like find something that's off market. That's not everybody has a touch to. Um, that's how you can make a lot more cash. Um, you're using LaCroix for liquidation sourcing model. So good question. Well, um, so what my old product was that what I did before and I still, I still run that on the side just for action cash flow. is what we would do is we would go into, um, eBay, right? So it's basically there's an arbitrage between eBay and Amazon. Um, like I talked about at the beginning of this thing uh, on average, eBay um, is, is about 30% of the, of the even used price, right? This is definitely on the new price as well. New is kind of gotten inflated because we have people that use my software, um, but on the used price, because it makes it easier to know, uh, on the used price, um, eBay average is 30% of retail value of what it sells for new. Let's say a product sells for $100 new. On eBay, it sells for $30 used. 
on eBay, on Amazon, it sells for $7 used. So you can see like that big price difference. So we were then arbitraging that price in between. It worked very well, right? But the concept works and like these, like since we're all resellers, these similar concepts are continuous. So they work in each different marketplace. It doesn't matter what you guys do in general or what you guys would like to do. Um, it works in every single reselling marketplace. Hopefully, hopefully that helped. But yeah, and, and but we did buy some like liquidation because people would put liquidation. So let's say Phil, right? Phil would put liquidation up on eBay. He wasn't checking Amazon. Um, we would then buy it and then turn it back on Amazon. We are launching this in the near future. Again, it's kind of like kind of like a little project they're working on. Is when you put in when we put the brand and model in, we should be able to flag if it sells better on Amazon in the near future. That's going to be probably probably three to four months away, but it should be helped as well. Buy from eBay and have it shipped to you, then listed on it. Yep, hundred percent. So I was what I still do on the side is uh, I would buy an eBay, have it shipped to me, make sure it's correct, and make sure if I was used, I'd make sure it worked right, and then I would sell it back on Amazon. It worked pretty damn well. There's a lot of margin there too. Um, but like these different things that it's just it's just like with that side, it's just thinking differently, guys. It's, if you if you want to think if you want to make a shit ton of cash, yeah, just gotta think differently than anybody else, and you can't be like. It's kind of like a saying, like if even you're buying a property or cars or whatever it is, anything on market is going to be more expensive than anything off market. So look for stuff that's off market or be um, build the kind of a company out like that with ease that would come in and like we'd take a high end stuff. People call us to do high end items. We're more than happy with that kind of stuff. Cool. Any other question, guys? Cool. Have about ten minutes left. I can go over some other stuff. Where can I access your LaCroix software? Damn, uh, it's on the Google Chrome store. So just go to Google Chrome and type in LaCroix, L-A-C-R-O-I. There's a bunch of videos up online. Um, we were selling a course for uh, 5,000 bucks a month, um, but that's all gone. I just put everything up online for free. So just check out LaCroix, L-A-C-R-O-I uh, on Google, on the Google Chrome store marketplace. Um, and then check us out on um, YouTube as well. Thanks, easy. Uh, best place to start learning about backend. Best place. To best place to start learning about backend automation. Um, there, there really no that teaches it well. Um, Chris does a good job on some aspects for sure. He's very, very about the automating process side. So what he's doing is he's buying, um, he's buying clothing, right? It's clothing commodity. He's pricing at the lowest price points, and then he's trying to automate the backend so it's very consistent, and he can be out of the business. Um, in terms of, be to take a step back. He's a great place to learn from just in general. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that does it. Like, I know. I, honestly, the processes, probably Chris is the best influencer to learn from on that side. But great way is just take a step back and write down each process you have, right? Look, look at the full list of what you're doing. Um, and then just, again, just take that step back to look at the full thing you're doing uh, and then start trying to automate it, right? So, like in all reselling businesses is about the same, right? So you have the sourcing, you have um, listing, you have uh, cross-listing, you're crossing, again, high recommending cross-listing is gonna bring more traffic. Um, you're gonna have, this could, there could be testing in here as well. There could be testing. You have the communication, customer communication. You have shipping, right? So lay that out and how you guys do it in general. And then the best way to do it is write it down in a document like the like how somebody put to me one time it's like you want you want to be able to teach your mother how to do it even though she's never done it before 
Um, so you get to detail each document out and you can start implementing that, right? That's gonna be a great way to give to your, this is again, this is what Chris does pretty well. And um, this you can give to your, um, your, uh, your, uh, something that you bring in, right? Um, you would definitely should like any kind of reseller in general should, um, like they should, let's say you're making, um, put it easy, let's put it easy. Number. Let's say you're making 50 grand, right? Um, I would rather have somebody bring somebody in that's worth 25 K that can handle my business or even like 30 K that can handle the rest of the business. So I'm only making 20. Um, but this actually frees up your time to make a lot more, right? At 50 K, um, um, a year or even a month, whatever numbers you guys are at, um, 50 K a year is, is very hard to move. Like, like, uh, it's very, unless you automate the back end, it's very hard to go to dramatically increase in level, right? So the only way you can increase the level is if you, if you, again, the best way to do is like think differently, right? So think outside the box um, or automate. Those are the only two ways, like buy better or um, automate as much as possible. A couple more questions people had. Not sure what app D-thehammock.com. Um, We're pushing everybody to that in general. That's gonna be the easiest way to, um, that's the best way to send us all photos. She just made a question. Anybody have a question? Not gonna just go a couple more things. I about seven minutes left. Any further issues with eBaying allowing? Um, Francisco, uh, I'm not sure about the question. Can you um, more any further issues? Yeah. No. So we worked out with that with eBay. It took forever though. So the problem we we're having about two three weeks ago is eBay would not let. Um, They're like killing all permissions for some reason. Um, now we're good on that side. You guys can add permissions back to J at Hammock hammockdata.com um but yeah so that's all working it's about like so we worked with like some of the head people on that side and they finally got that figured out again the problem with eBay we're seeing is there's a lot of like old tech in general um it's very very bulky and like hard to maneuver around them we're seeing that a lot with like even on some of their like other um things they're working on it's just not very uh good and we have to kind of work around them but good for good question francisco During that downtime, I should have reached out to Crossbows. Hundred percent, guys. Like, uh, like again, I this does help us help. Like, I, like the traffic source you guys should be working on is cross-listing as much as possible on different things. Don't go if you guys are doing clothing. I wouldn't go like all clothing sites. We're seeing like kind of like a drop. There's a few spots that work really good and a few spots that don't work that good. Um, focus on like what's bringing you the most results and then use those. So, like what we're seeing with clothing, people are trying to do like. Um, like Depop, Tradesy, um, and like some like sub sub ones. The best the best stuff that's coming from is eBay, Poshmark, Macari in terms of like local um, online clothing, and then Facebook Marketplace is kick ass for like shoes. Right, there's a lot of traffic from those spots. So if it was if I was running a, a shoe store, I would roll um, uh, uh, Poshmark and Mercari and and eBay, and then I'd also do my local game for. Um, face marketplace like the local game there's so there's like no one on it that's why kind of the beauty of it there's like no one that's giving a good customer experience on the local game at all and it gets there are two things that happen as well you can start buying products in that local game 
and you kind of get your name out there too. So you can kind of build a, if you want to build a brand and if you have a consignment store, especially, especially if you have a consignment store or want to get into like a localized game, um, you should be doing both online and, um, uh, uh, local. Like uh, that's, that's, that's something that like I've been seeing lately and it's just, it's just really good. Um, just to build your brand out. And cause the more brand you build out, the more people start kind of what Phil said, right? Like, um, you see this often is when you build, let's say you're selling shoes and you're, you're, you're selling shoes on Facebook marketplace. People are going to start reaching out to you because it's more in their face and it's more localized. They'll start selling shoes to you as well. So it's, it's a, it's a double, it's a double edged, um, I want to say double edged, it's like a negative, but it's like, it's a double whammy, right? You see this with a, like we have a couple of consignment stores, uh, clients that we pushed online and posting local. So they were doing, they were doing online only and having their local store. Once we got them on Facebook marketplace and offer up a lot more traffic came to them. It spiked up their buying power as well as their selling power. Like those are the two things that, um, that do really well. Or is that, is there other, um, Dan asked, does Facebook Marketplace flag you for listing too much or is there another, an, um, a business version? So not really on that side. Um, you can also do the Facebook stores as well. Both work pretty good. Um, stores is more or less their businessy version now. Um, I, I don't know. Let me try to, I'm not sure if they are charging a percentage on the back end um, in terms of like having a store, but I would run both. Facebook stores are going to be a new like eBay, honestly, because they have more traffic. Again, if you're looking at traffic, guys, Facebook has more traffic than eBay in general. Uh, will helping with their online presence. Um, so what we stick with a few things right now. Um, it's just um, uh, on uh, listing and cross listing, delisting, and accounting. Um, so uh Donna, even if you're stopped by listening too much like that's okay right you still they could be blasting it and then reposting 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 as long as you don't as long as you don't repost like everything all the time consistently or you start scaling up accordingly you should be fine and even if you don't like it's 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 like the problem we're seeing as well is like people are like oh i don't want to do this because xyz when realistically if xyz happens like that's okay you'll figure it out you'll go around it um will on terms of uh is that a service you do for people in terms of helping them online presence. Um, no. So we focus on listing, processing, and delisting, and accounting. Um, that's the best way possible. Um, online presence. We don't do any marketing. We don't do that kind of stuff. It just kind of eats. We have uh, too many things. Uh, can you guys cross list for us to on offer up? Yep. So let your VA know where you guys want to cross list to or add into the software, add your, um, add your information in the software. Um, offer up is going to ask you, um, we're going to have to log in. Um, and it's going to ask you for a code. Make sure your VA knows that, um, that you're looking for that. And then we can communicate with you on the back end. Make sure that your code's given to us. And then you start listing on your offer up as well. Offer looks pretty damn good. Um, again, Facebook, like I do ground, you want that ground game going and you want that online presence. Cause if, 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 again, if you're selling commodity, not many people are selling commodities on these localized sites. That's why it's really good. Um, Dana, can hammocks make cross-listing recommendations for our specific store? Yeah. Shoot me an email. That's what kind of like my background is, right. Is like that side. I can give you recommendations on where I would start cross-listing. I need to see what kind of products you have up front. Um, makes it easy. Any tips on storing a ton of shoes? I hate throwing them into boxes. There's a lot of unused space. It seems like my shoes are taking up all my shelf space. So there's a couple ways people do it, right? Some people get a rack. I think, um, Renzi, R-Z-N-Y, and I think even Chris way back in the day, we'd get by these racks on eBay that would fit two pairs of shoes stacked up. 
Um, just see what works best for you guys. You want to be able to um, make sure, like, like again, kind of like free space. You want to get rid of all free space as possible. It should be as helpful, but like, you're not just trying to store some stuff. Like, if if storing's and taking too much time, I would say like have lower prices and sell faster. If you guys aren't in the game of storing items. You're in the game of selling items. Um, on that side, hopefully that helped out on both. Bannon, no problem. Yeah, like you always you, like the faster you sell guys, the better. Again, I would take smaller margins and build move product than hold items forever because when you hold items, it becomes a it becomes a pain. But like so, what I do with that uh, estate stuff or that like trust items. So I go um, full price, like high end full price uh, from, because I usually sell like high end rare items. I'm touching the, on anything else anymore. I drop by 10%, then 25%, then 50%. Then I launch an auction. Um, that's kind of how I run my eBay store on that side. Um, you guys can copy that. Um, again, it's all about the sourcing though. The, it, when you make money on the buying or you make money on the best products you find consigned, oh, a good, good, um, a good kind of last tip before I leave. Um, and if any questions drop them right now, I can answer them real quick. Um, but a good way to do this is find who has a shit ton of cash. Um, and, uh, ask them if you can sell their stuff. Like that's how I first started out. And I sold a couple of supercars that way. It's like, Hey, like I found the richest person in my, uh, my neighborhood. I'm like, Hey, um, his name was Dwight, right? I'm like, Hey Dwight, like, do you have anything I could sell? Cause yeah, sure. I got a couple of cars. I got a, uh, I got some like tires. I'm like, oh, I'll sell it all. Right. I'll give you a 50, 50 splits. So, um, a lot of these items, I just went to the richest person in the town and I asked if I can sell items for them. And it's a great way to kind of get in that big high end consignment area as well. Uh, Dana, can you take older listings and cross list them? Yep, we can take old listings, old listings and cross list them as well. Um, give the VA what you want to cross list. Um, uh, the biggest thing on the old listings is just drop price, guys. Again, just drop consistently drop price until it's gone. Just get rid of like if, if it's been sitting. Like I rather, I rather make some money back or make my money back and make no profit, and rather than hold items in general. Cool, guys. Um, that's the last questions. Have a great rest of your week. Again, just try to keep thinking about how to find better products and how to optimize the back end as well. Uh, those are the two product tips this week. And then try to look at different traffic sources in terms of cross listing and see what your items are going to do best with. You can always send me an email, make sure you title it. Please don't put emails in, um, in like, uh, um, in, uh, what is it? Um, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, like um, uh, invites for like time invites on my calendar. So I usually don't check those. I get so many calendar invites lately. So it's, uh, just title it. It's my ham. I um, information is ty at uh, hammock.com. Um, yep. Any other questions? Uh, catch you guys next week. And it's again, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Sweet. Have a great week guys.